Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the INFJ Whisperer podcast where I dissect all things INFJ. You are not alone anymore. There are others like you. Guys, I hope that you guys are doing amazing wherever you are. Thank you so much for watching and listening and commenting. I am, I I can't believe that you guys are actually loving my videos. I am so grateful. You guys have no idea. Please keep them coming. And please keep the suggestions coming as well because I really do have a long list of suggestions from you guys that I'm pulling from to create these videos. Today I wanted to speak to you guys about how I think, in my opinion, and all of this is my opinion obviously, that INFJs start reading people from a very young age because a lot of them come from volatile environments when they were younger. Like I am not again blaming my parents, I love them to death, they're awesome people. But of course, there are some environments, uh, some families that have a little bit more tumultuous relationships than others. Um, And I want to be as diplomatic about it as possible because it is not that I'm blaming them. It is just the way it is. And I'm grateful for who I am because of what I went through. Do you know what I'm saying? 
So, but I really think that the reason we started reading people so clearly and so all the time, like ex expertly, I think, is because when we were younger, a lot of us, a lot of the INJs, when we were younger, we were living in environments where there was a lot of volatil volatility, a lot of, I would say, fighting, and a lot of occasions where we had to be really on alert. Just to give you a brief example of my own life, my parents, they loved each other to death, and obviously because they loved each other a lot, they fought a lot as well. As children, we don't know that these are normal. Fighting is normal, especially when you love someone, you fight with them. You know, you, I'm not saying you fight with them all the time, but I'm saying that you fight with them because there's conflicts and you care about each other and all that stuff. But as children, you don't understand that. As children, you think, oh shit, they're fighting, they're gonna leave each other, or they're gonna run away and they're gonna leave me, I'm gonna be by myself, and what am I gonna do? And, and you feel so much fear and you blame yourself for it and you think if you can be a perfect, child and everything's gonna be all right you don't understand unfortunately right no matter how many times your parents say to you no you're not you know don't worry about it everything's fine we're just having a conversation in your head you're thinking it's the end of the world every single time it happens right um i wish that i understood more that it was because of love that they were fighting not because of hate but I did not know. I believed that they were going to leave each other and they were going to leave me all alone. And I was already so afraid of being alone because I was a loner and I was an introvert. And so I didn't want my parents to leave me as well, right? And so from that, I created this personality. Um, I think a lot of INFJ personality is self-created uh, based on environments. A lot of it is genetic, perhaps, or probably genetic as well. But a lot of it, I think, comes from the environment that we're born into. And so I created this personality for my, myself where I was extra vigilant. I was hyper aware of everything. I wanted to be so aware of everything that was going on around me that any time, every time, my friends' parents had a little bit of a blowout. I mean, they would start looking at each other weirdly and I'm like, okay, you know what, they're going to start fighting soon, so be on alert. Or they would, my father would say something to my mother and I'm like, okay, it's happening, it's going to happen, they're going to fight soon, I know it. And so I'd be on this extra alert, extra vigilant mode all the time because I wanted to be absolutely on point. When they started fighting, I wanted to be aware of it. Why? Because I thought I could be a mediator and I could prevent it from happening. So if I knew exactly when they were going to start fighting, I could say to them, no, don't, don't do it. It's all right. Everything's fine. I could kind of diffuse the situation. I also became a mediator in between them a lot. So I would, you know, talk to each other, talk to each unit when they weren't speaking to each other. I deliver messages. Um, I try to talk to each other and say, you know, like, you know, mom loves you, right? Or you know, dad loves you, right? Like, kind of thing. So I became a mediator as well. But a lot of our hyper awareness, our intuition, our the power, the superpower of our knowledge about other people, um, our knowledge about about the situation, um, all of that stuff, our intuition, all that stuff comes. At least for me, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that I grew up in an environment like this. Now, you could also say it could be a genetic thing. You were, it's not a cause and effect thing. You had intuition, so that's why you were able to do, you know, diffuse the situation or figure out what was going on. I don't know. I'm not an expert in this situation. I'm just saying I think it is the other way around. I think I am so intuitive and I love reading people is because I was put into that situation when I was younger and I wanted to use my talent in order to help my family get stronger and fight less, right?
Again, I, I wish I had known that it was an important part of growing up, an important part of being in a family unit that you do fight because you need to figure out what's going on and that's just normal. I wish I had known that. And if you are an INFJ that's younger and you were watching this video and your family has a volatility aspect to it, don't worry about it. It's normal. I mean, yes, perhaps they will leave each other, but that has nothing to do with you. It is not your fault. It's their own thing, right? It has nothing to do with you and you can't fix it. I want you guys to believe that because we think that we can fix it. We can't fix it. No matter how good you are, no matter how perfect you are, no matter how well you behave, no matter how much you speak to each unit, parental unit, no matter what you do, there is no way that you're going to be able to fix them because there's no fixing involved. And if they're going to do it, they have to do it on their own. They can't, they can't get your help. I was 12 or sometimes even... Like, I think I started when I was seven doing all this stuff. And at seven, what are you going to do? You barely know anything about the world. Even if you're not a gen old soul, you don't know anything, right? And so I wish I had known that. Uh, that's the reason I'm creating these videos as well for you guys, for younger energies to realize you have nothing to worry about. It's all right. You're going to be fine. Uh, I mean, you can't fix them. You can't fix it by being hyper aware, hyper, hyper vigilant. But as I said, we learn to read people, and the first people we read or learn to read are our parents. We're always constantly reading them to see, okay, what's going on right now? Are they all right? Are they in a loving mode, or are they in a hating mode? Are they in a fighting mode? Are they getting ready to fight? And so we are constantly watching, constantly watching, right? And so we do that with our parents, and then we do that with our friends, because we end up being the counselors for our friends as well. When they're fighting, we're always the mediators. We're always taking care of them. It happens with our partners as well. When we get into a relationship, we do exactly the same. We take care of them. We're constantly watching them to make sure, are you all right? Are you happy? Do you need food? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Do you need to go to sleep? All of that stuff. And then with our, my siblings as well, I was always like that because I thought that I had a responsibility to take care of them when my parents were fighting. That was one of my things. And so I was always constantly watching them to make sure, are they all right? Are they feeling sad? Can I do something to make them happy? Can I make a, make a joke? Or that's a lot of times the reason we have a big imagination as well because I would always create stories. So while my parents were fighting, I'd be creating stories for my brother and sister to distract them from what was going on. And so I'd create all these amazing stories out of, my, out of nowhere, just like that, because I wanted to distract them. And that's, again, the reason why we, I think I have a great imagination is because I used it all the time in order to get away from the present reality of things. Does that make sense? I hope it does. And so we started reading people at a very young age, um, sometimes because of circumstances, sometimes because of other reasons. I'm sure you guys have different reasons you started reading people. And we read people in order to understand the world better. Mostly, situations are not as volatile. They are what they are, and they'll stay around that way for a long time to come, right? But people make things volatile. People think change things up. Their personality changes things up. That's why we're always trying to understand people. Okay, so they did this this way. Why did they do it that way? Are they always going to do it that way? Or is it just a one-off situation? How can I learn more about this? And how can I use this in the future to deal with this individual? Do you know what I'm saying? So that's how we do it. We're constantly, as I said, gathering data about people. And we started doing that at a very young age. I think that's the reason we're so good at it. We get to be very good at it very early on because we have so much experience with it, guys. We have so much practice at it. We've been doing it for a long time. And that's why by the time we get to our, into our 30s, which is where I am right now, 
I'm extremely good at it. It's actually surprisingly some, sometimes scary to me how much I know about people before they even open their mouth. And once they open their mouth and start talking to me, I know so much more. And I'm thinking to myself, it can't all be true. But then when I test myself and I you know, ask them questions about it, it turns out to be a lot of times very true. It's a little bit scary. A lot of my ENTB friends will actually test me on that. They're like, okay, so tell me about this person. And I've had a couple of you message me actually saying that you guys play games with your partners where you're sitting in a restaurant and they'll ask you to say something about, tell, tell you guys about the person that's sitting there too. So he'll ask you, okay, tell me about this person. What, what is he like? What do they do? Blah, blah, blah. And you will, and you'll make up stories. And you think it's stories, but a lot of times it's actually accurate. It might sometimes have to do with our imagination, but I also think a lot of it has to do with our intuition and our people reading skills. It's like, I'm not even saying that I'm like Sherlock Holmes because he's brilliant and he knows so much more than I would ever know. But we're like kind of getting there at that point. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like we see a person walking in a certain way. We're like, oh, that's what they do. Or we, they speak in a certain manner and that's what we... We're more about personality rather than vocation. I don't really care what you do for, for a job. But I do care how you interact with the world. If I speak to you right now, what is your reaction going to be? That is the kind of information that I'm interested in gathering. I want to know what's going to happen when we put, it, put you into a stressful situation. Are you going to panic? Are you going to rise to the occasion? That kind of thing. That kind of thing fascinates me. I don't really care to know if you you know slept uh, in a hotel room yesterday or if you are promiscuous, things like that. Like, like those kind of weird things don't matter to me. Personality traits really matter to me. Your reactions, your emotions really matter to me. That's the stuff I'm interested in. I'd love to hear from you guys about this stuff. Did you start reading people from when you were really young? And why do you think that is? Like, Did you have an abusive or a volatile environment that you grew up in? A couple of you have messaged me saying that you did. And that's why you think you are the way you are. I'd love to hear from the rest of you guys. Message me and let me know. And again, if you guys have any suggestions for videos or feedback, let me know as well. I'm always here to listen. All right? Bye for now. Thanks for listening. If you want to put a face to the voice, you can check out my YouTube channel, Boom Shaka. Bye for now. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.